This is the Green Student Ministries Middle School Podcast of the Chapel in Green. We are committed to our students being known, knowing Jesus, and becoming kingdom workers. We hope this podcast serves to encourage, challenge, and to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. This is Green Student Ministries. You guys, I'm excited because we are continuing our series. It's called Been There, Done That. Been there, done that. Um, and I, I think this is honestly one of my, one of my favorite uh, series that we've done. I just love this. Also, if for nothing else, uh, this picture of Jesus right here, um, it just like, I just love it. it. It just reminds me of being a kid and like felt bored, like Sunday school, all that stuff. Um, but the hope is that as we go through this and dig back through God's word, that you guys would remember um, and think about, man, who is Jesus to you? Like, is he still just um, kind of this like cut out uh, puppet or like stick figure Jesus that just kind of belongs like in Sunday school and all that? Or is he alive and living in you? Like, do you understand who he really is um, and what he's really doing in your life? And so if you guys have your Bibles, go ahead uh, and flip to the book of Luke. So for, for this week, we are going to be in probably one of the most well-known um, Bible stories, especially to little kids. Um, my son Leland, for those of you, again, who may have forgotten, I, I have almost three-year-old. His birthday is actually this next week. So like, it's about a week, I think it's a week away from today. Oh man, yeah, that's right. Oh no, he's gonna be three. Uh, so I feel bad for him because his birthday is like two days, two or three days away from Christmas, and so like that's a bummer because you can't really like outdo Jesus's birthday. Like that's just hard to compete with. So we do his half birthday, but but he's come home, um, and and honestly, this is probably one of the first songs that we would like sing together. We have like this little Jesus song book at home, and and we're talking today about Zacchaeus. All right, Zacchaeus. So this is arbitrary that we do this. All right. Um, does somebody want to come up here and help me sing the Zacchaeus song? <laughs> um, I legit, yes. Yeah, you raise your hand, Ella. It's too late now. Get up here. Um, and I need, uh, well, yeah, uh, Andrew, get up here. Yeah, come on up here. Uh, so we'll do these two. So, so Andrew and Ella, give it up for these two brave souls. You can, you can stand. Do you guys remember? I don't even remember the motions, but we'll try. All right. All right, if you want, you can sing along. And if you didn't grow up in church, prepare t- to realize how weird this is. All right, here we go. Ready? You don't know the song? Why did you volunteer? Well, you're going to learn it now. All right, here we go. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree to see what he could see. And as the Savior passed that way, He looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today, for I'm coming to your house today. All right. Hey, give it up for them. Thank you very much. Ella, Andrew, very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. So that is like, that's like classic little kid church. All right. And so I think I I forget actually that the song actually sums it up pretty well. Like this, this story is actually only 10 verses long. Um, and so it's, it's not a long story, but that's where we're going to be. So Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, verse one. All right. And, and again, the purpose of this is because like, it's a cutesy song that we remember as little kids, um, right? Like this is something that, that we learned about and it was just kind of this cute little story. But 
I think just like anything in the Bible, the cool thing is that we can come back to the same story over and over and over again. And I think that if we have open eyes and open hearts, I think that God's either gonna teach us something new or remind us of something that maybe you forgot. Um, that happens to me all the time. And so that's the whole reason for the series. That's why we're going back in to kind of these main stories that you have grown up hearing about. But maybe for you, it is. It's just like a cute song or a cute story that maybe somebody acted out with weird looking puppets or like, or something. All right. And, and I want us to, to dig into this and to see, I mean, Jesus, how are you challenging me with this story today, here and now? Because the Bible, I've said it over and over again, it's living and active sharper than a double-edged sword, right? God's word is moving, okay? And as we dig into this, he wants us to learn something about himself um, and about how we should respond to him. So I'm gonna read this for us, um, Luke 19, and it's, uh, it's just verses one through 10. This is gonna be out of the NIV. Here we go. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, I love Zacchaeus. He's like, he's my guy, all right? He's a short guy. But being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now, I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, Salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save what was lost. And so that is, that is the passage. That's the story. That's the whole story of Zacchaeus. That's all we get of Zacchaeus in the entire Bible. Ten, ten little verses of Zacchaeus. But I think that, that the implications of this story for us today are, are immense. They're huge. And so there's three groups of people here. There's actually three kind of sections that I want us to go back into this and look at today, because I think that we can find ourselves in in really any one of these kind of spots. And the first one that I I want us to look at this morning is the crowd. So the crowd that was around you, you have this scene, this picture of of Jesus kind of walking through, right? He's into Jericho. That's another little kid's story. If you think about Jericho, the walls came tumbling down, all that. Like that's, Jesus is there in, in his day now. He's, he's, a, he's in that city. And so he's there. Zacchaeus, this tax collector guy, he's there. And tax collectors were not well-liked. And not only is he a tax collector, he's the chief tax collector. So like all the other gross tax collectors reported to him. He was like the supreme evil like tax collector. That's how, that's how the public saw him. They're like, he cheats people out of their money. He steals from us. Like this, is, this guy is the lowest of the low in their eyes. Tax collectors were like, nobody wanted to hang out with them. Nobody wanted to be their friend because they knew that they just took money from, from people who, who would pay their taxes and, and they, would, they would cheat them and swindle them. And it was not a good thing. Tax collectors were not seen or spoken highly of in public. When you saw one, 
you most likely were to walk on the other side of the road or just even, you wouldn't even make eye contact with them. Like it was just like, that person is disgusting. I can't believe they would even be having their face in public. That's how tax collectors were seen. And so, so you have that whole thing happening. And, and so it is not unnatural that the crowd, they see, they see Jesus walking through, they see Jesus walking through and all of a sudden, they're like, oh man, here's Jesus. Here's this guy, this teacher, this amazing, this guy, he is, he's claiming to be the son of God. At this point, he's got tons of followers and disciples and people who are like, man, Jesus, yeah, like I'm, I'm all in, I'm following you. And he walks in and, and out of the entire crowd there, Jesus looks at Zacchaeus and he especially singles him out. And he says, Zacchaeus, I'm gonna come to your house for a meal. And that is huge. That's extremely important because for somebody even to have dinner with somebody or associate themselves with, with a sinner or somebody of this low of status is in terms of their, their religious or spiritual value, that was, that was a huge, bold move by Jesus. Like, Zach, like nobody who was proper and upright would go to this person's house. It just wouldn't happen, all right? It, it, it just, it wouldn't. And so Jesus is kind of shocking the crowd here and they begin, they begin to grumble. And so if you look in, in verse seven, it says, all the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Like some people are like, I don't know if they're thinking like, maybe Jesus doesn't know about this guy. Like, does he know that somebody's got to tell him? Like that dude's a chief tax collector. He can't go eat at his house. His reputation will be ruined. People muttering, whispering, Maybe people knowing like, Jesus has got to know that that guy is who he is. How could he possibly go in and eat with him? Why would he do that? Because you see the, the crowd, they have this false view, this bad idea of what Jesus came to do. They think that Jesus came to pat the religious people on the back and say, you're doing such a great job. I'm so happy with you. When the answer is Jesus came, he, he tells them what he came to do. In verse 10, the son of man came to seek and save what was lost. He came to seek and save the lost. And the crowd here, they, they have missed the point of what Jesus is trying to do. Go ahead and, and, and flip ahead for me. One, uh, one more slide. So the crowd, I think it asks us this question. We have to put ourselves in the shoes of the crowd. And it's how do you see others? Because here's the deal. Think about the person at your school or in your life that you have the most difficulty with. Think about the person that whenever you see them walk through the hallway, you slide to the other side of the hall, the other lockers across the hallway, and you kind of hug those lockers and you just wait for them either to walk by, you don't make eye contact, you put your head down, you pretend like you're sending a text message or like you just got a random phone call and you like, and you, it's just like, nope. How many of you, I've, I've, I've seen this and I, I am ashamed to say that I've done this, um, that like on the sidewalk even, like if I see somebody that I just don't want to have interaction with, I've, I've like pulled my phone out and pretended like I'm doing something just so that I don't have to interact with somebody else. Like, and I, isn't that weird how we're afraid to interact with people? But then especially the people around us that we maybe in our own minds deem as what? Not good enough for Jesus? Like if the kind of person where if you invited them to church and they came and they showed up, like they actually showed up, like the first reaction for most people in here wouldn't be, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you came. But in the back of your minds, maybe it's, what are they doing here? I think that we all know people like that. Maybe that is us. 
where we've showed up. And instead of people welcoming you and being excited that you're here, or like, why are you here? I think we've all experienced that. And the crowd here is, is called out for this because they see Jesus interacting with this sinner, the person who probably the most needs Jesus. And they immediately judge him. They think, why would Jesus go and sit with him? Why would he, why would he go eat a meal at his house? And Jesus reminds them, he, he came to seek and save what was lost. Jesus isn't here to come and find all the people who are already in the church and to tell them, wow, what a great job you're doing. He came to seek and save what was lost. So that's the first group that we might find ourselves in. I think you can find yourself actually in all three of these shoes at different points in your life, even throughout one week. But it's just important to notice where you're at. The next one that I want us to look at is, is Jesus himself. Jesus is walking in here. He knows he is on his mission. He tells us what it is to seek and save what was lost. He sees Zacchaeus. And here's the thing. Since he is Jesus, he knows Zacchaeus. Like he really, really, really knows Zacchaeus. Like he knows who he is. He knows his family. He knows what he was like as a kid. He knows what he was like as a middle schooler. Growing up, he knows what he's done, what he's thinking, what he's going to do, what he's excited about, what he's afraid of. He knows all of those things. And he knows all those things about you as well. And yet the amazing thing about Jesus is that even though he knows, he knows the worst thought you've ever had. He knows the worst thing you've ever done. And yet he still came. He still came. He came to be born as a baby. Hello, Christmas season. He came to be born as a baby, to live a perfect life so that he could give his life for you so that you would know him and be brought near to him. Like, that's amazing to think about all of the things in your life that you even think, man, there's no way that anybody, if I really was honest with people and I really told them what I was thinking or what I had done, or if I was like 100% honest on this, there's no way that anybody would even want to be my friend. Maybe that's you. And Jesus sees those things, he knows them, and he looks at you and he says, I came here for you, for you, and I love you, and I want you to know me. And that's what Jesus does here. He looks at Zacchaeus, this guy who is the lowest of the low on the totem pole. He pushes past the crowd, probably past all the people that thought, man, I am just such a great person. I know a ton about the Bible. I know all about God's, God's scriptures. I've grown up. I go to synagogue all the time. I know the books of the law. I know all of this. And he pushes past them. Probably, it's like, you know how when somebody like waves at you and you're like, hi, and you realize they're waving to the person behind you? Like, that's Jesus probably like looking through the crowd, and like all the people in front are like, me, me, talking to me, 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 Jesus, me, right here, right here. You're gonna come to dinner at my house. And Jesus like, it's like he gets to them and like the person's like ready to reach their hand out and shake his hand and be like, I'm so excited to see you. And he like does one of these, like, like just like, like puts his hand on her shoulder and is just like, excuse me. And it's like, oh, what? That's probably how it was. And they're like, oh, well, maybe there's somebody else right behind me. And he pushes his way through the crowd and there's this dude in a tree, Think about how weird that is, all right? Not only is it like, hey, like, I just, I just think about how funny this situation would be 
when, when Jesus like goes to the guy that's literally in a, like were there other people in the tree or was he, was he all alone? Was it just like, was it like a short people tree? Like everybody is like, whenever people come through, it's like seating for them. I don't know. This is just a normal thing. But any, he climbed a tree. This grown man with a job, like in probably nice clothes, climbs a tree just so that he can see a guy. Like he's up there like, Jesus, where are you at? What? That's weird. But I, I think it speaks to this need that even Zacchaeus himself knows like, there's something missing here. And I, I've heard a lot about this guy. I don't know anything really about him, but I need to figure this out. And, and Jesus pushes through the crowd and he pushes past all the fancy people and all the people who think they're great. And he's like, hey, Zacchaeus, you wanna go to Chipotle? Like, <laughs> but we'll, we'll get it to go and we'll take it to your house. We'll mobile order, all right? Like what? Everybody in the crowd, they're freaking out. But I think this is an important thing because we have to ask ourselves the question, and, and I think that you need to answer this for yourself. How does Jesus see you? Because I think if you're not careful, you will start to believe, you will start to believe the things that the crowd says about you, that you're not good enough, that you're not, that you're not like you don't deserve to be here, right? That maybe you don't, like, why is he or she here? And if you're not careful, you'll start to listen to, that, listen to those things. You'll start to get distracted by weird sounds. <laughs> so eyes back up here. It's okay. It happens. And if you're not careful, you'll begin to believe the things that the crowd says about you. But I think that what all of you and what I would love for all of you to walk away with here is to understand how Jesus sees you. If you're his, you're his. You're his son, you're his daughter, like, that's it. That's who you are. You're his. And if you're not, he doesn't look at you like a lost cause. He will push through the crowd of people and come to you. He is looking for you to know him. He's looking for you. He wants you to know him. He wants to put all things right and set things back to where they're supposed to be. So how does Jesus see you? How do you believe that Jesus sees you? You think he looks at you and he's like, no, no way. Or do you think he sees somebody who's in desperate need of a loving father and of a savior? And he says, I, I will do whatever I can to have them. Because that's what he did when he sent Jesus. That's what Jesus did. He said, I will do whatever it takes to seek and save what was lost. So how does Jesus see you? And then I think the last person, obviously, that many of us in here maybe resonate is Zacchaeus himself. And it's the simple question of what is your response to Jesus's invitation? Because some, for some of us in here, Jesus has pushed through the crowd. He's found you in the tree, awkwardly sitting up there. And he's like, hey, I want you, you, you. And for many of us, we're still up in the tree. And he's like, I want to come to your house. I want to have to. And we're like, mm, no, no, this is, it's nice up here. I like it up here. This is fine. But what does Zacchaeus do? Immediately, immediately, verse five, come down immediately. I must stay at your house. Verse six, so he came down at once. 
and welcomed him gladly. This guy who had nothing, no friends, probably his family even rejected him. He is in, he is seen as the lowest of the low. He sees Jesus's invitation and understands this is a once in a lifetime kind of a thing. This is, this is not normal. Jesus calls to him and says, come down from there. I must go to your house today. I must stay with you. And at once he welcomed him gladly. And, and look what happens, verse eight. He begins, he begins to, to repent of what he said. He sees the importance of this, verse eight. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. That's huge for a tax collector, somebody who is seen as greedy and somebody who hoards their money and keeps it all for themselves. I will keep, I will, I will give it away. And if I have cheated anybody, and it's not even like a, if I've done this, it's like I have done this. He's confessing that he's cheated people out of their money. He has been greedy. He has not treated others kindly. And he says, if I've done, it's basically, I have done this. And so I will repay them back and not just repay them. I will pay them back four times the amount. Immediately, this invitation from Jesus wrecks Zacchaeus' heart. And he's just like, I, I'm in, that's it. And I think for some of us, that's how Jesus is calling to us this morning. You're sitting here this morning and he, is, he sees you up in that tree. Maybe you're just kind of a bystander. Like you're just here watching. You're not actively involved. You're not participating. You didn't even come expecting to have a conversation with Jesus. And yet Jesus, even this morning, has pushed through the crowds of people that are even in here this morning. And he's found you sitting in that chair up in that tree. And he's just like, you, I want you. I pick you. I choose you. I must stay at your house today. The question that this passage asks is what is your response to Jesus' invitation to your life? For a lot of us, we've answered the call. We've come out of the tree and we're like, yes, Jesus, whatever I've done, all of these things, I confess them to you, forgive me, and, and let, me, let, me make this, let me make this right. But for others in here, we're still up in the tree and we're hesitant and we say, I don't know. I don't know about this whole thing, God. I don't know. Seems like a lot. Where are you at this morning? And how will you respond to Jesus' invitation to your life? Are you the crowd? Are you, maybe you're already in and you're just sitting there and you're judging the ones who are sitting in the tree and you're just like, man, what are they doing? Forgetting that not that long ago, you were already there. You were once there. At one point, Jesus called all of us. Nobody in here is born a Christian. Let me tell you that right now. Nobody is born a Christian. Nobody is a Christian for their entire life. It's not possible. Just because your parents are Christians doesn't mean that you are a follower of Jesus. Just because you come to church every single Sunday doesn't mean that you're a follower of Jesus. It's not how it works. And so maybe you're the crowd this morning. Maybe you are, maybe you're Zacchaeus this morning. You're still in that tree. How are you responding to Jesus' invitation and then how are you helping others who are around you meet Jesus? Instead of the ones who knew Jesus, who already knew who he was, instead of them looking at Zacchaeus, somebody who is in most need, instead of them going to him and saying, let me help you out of that tree and let me bring you to the front so that you can see Jesus right away. They look at him and they just judge him and they just say, what a weirdo, what a loser. Who are the people that you know that need help out of the tree and to be brought immediately to Jesus. Don't just leave them there. 
But the beautiful thing is that Jesus isn't waiting for somebody to take them out of the tree. He's he's gonna come, whether or not we help them or not, he's going to go to them and he will invite them. He will invite you. He wants a relationship with you. And so that's what I'm gonna leave you with this morning is how will you, how have you responded to Jesus' invitation? I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna wrap up and, and, and get out of here this morning. Think about the person in your life that maybe is in the tree person at school, the person that, that you know needs Jesus, maybe the simplest and easiest thing you can do would be to grab a Wallapalooza flyer and just say, hey, will you come to this with me? I think you're going to have a lot of fun. You can do that. So God, would you bring to mind, even right now, the person that we need to invite, the person that we need to bring, just to be a part of this, that they would experience just a moment around others who love Jesus, that they would walk away from this building, from this place with a positive experience with your followers, that we would be people who help others out of the tree and that we would bring them to Jesus. And would we ourselves not be ones who hide away from you? Would we be willing to come down immediately and understand and know you in a way that changes our lives forever? We love you, Jesus. And it's your name we pray all these things. Thanks for listening to the Green Student Ministries Middle School Podcast of the Chapel in Green. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to contact us at gsm.thechapel.life or follow us on Instagram at Green Student Ministries. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.